I just, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the moving pieces in our church. There's so many things that are happening here. Um, Dave and Justin and Thane have been working to work out kinks ever since we uh, moved the sound booth. And uh, that's just one of the many things that are happening in our church and how people are serving and as we uh, are trying to use our facilities well. Uh, also, I, I, I don't mention everything that I want to mention in prayer time and announcement. We didn't have a specific prayer time, but I do want you to be with, um, uh, just pray for uh, our deacon chairman, uh, Jeff Gass. He's out today. He went to go spend time with his mom and dad. His father's his health is not doing well. Um, and uh, I know Jeff wouldn't mind me sharing. There's, there's a chance that you know his father might not see another Christmas. Uh, but uh, he's a believer and knows the Lord. And, and, uh, but Jeff's going to be real busy with basketball soon and wanted to go spend time with his daddy. So I, I know it's a, it's a hard time, but just, just keep him lifted up. Also, I want to mention, you know, uh, you know, yesterday I had, I think we had uh, Clyde was here, and then we had Mike and uh, and uh, Mike Shields and David Durst, and then uh, Marcelo uh, was here as well. Uh, of course, Wyatt was up here working, and Rachel and Gloria, uh, they were they were holding us up in conversation out in the parking lot. Uh, no, but. Um, you know, we got done, we were, you know, Marcelo was going to leave about 1130 and he, and he decided to stick around because he saw there was more to do. Uh, and then we got done and he said, pastor, is there anything else you need to be, we need to do? And I thought, and I was tempted to say, oh yeah, let's, let's keep going. There's always more to do. Uh, but I do want to say this, there's always things to do up here, but I've got two, uh, individuals in need that need to have ceiling fans put up in their house, ceiling fans, the church has, and a, a widow and a family. So if anybody has some spare time that would do that, uh, I asked for men specifically to show up on the 21st to hang beams in December, and y'all showed up in force. And there's two people that need ceiling fans hung that I've been telling them I'd get to it for months and months, and I haven't got to it. So you let me know if you can help with that. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll get everything done the Lord wants us to get done. I'm confident. This morning... We're going to look specifically at Genesis chapter 12, and I'm really excited about really getting into this series. I've been talking about it, praying about it, and building up towards it for a long time, uh, and this morning we're going to, we're going to begin, uh, particularly as we study uh, the patriarchs. Uh, uh, we're going to be in chapter 12 for a few weeks. Uh, this morning will be just a real specific uh, you know, study as we're going to be talking about this fella named Abram. Uh, and I hope it is something that, that, that blesses you. Uh, I, 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 sometimes I'm too transparent uh, in what I tell the congregation, but I just want you to know that I'm fixing to deliver to you a Saturday night special, okay? I'm just going to be honest about it. I was working all week long, and I, and I, you know, I, I, I have daily devotions and prayer time, but I hadn't really just dove into the Word like I needed to this week, and I spent a lot of time in it this morning, and I was going to do a lot more in Genesis chapter 12, but man, I'm just going to just land it real, real specific this morning. Um, but I think it's a topic uh, that every single one of us uh, could hear and could listen to. So we, when we consider hearing God's call and responding to God's call for our life, what is God's will for our life? So would you pray with me as we ask the Lord's direction specifically again? Father, I am grateful Father, for, um, Lord, how you have led me, uh, despite my failures and my, my shortcomings, 
Father, we know that your grace works through those things to accomplish your plan. But Lord, as we begin, uh, Lord, the look, the, the study of these patriarchs, Father, uh, Lord God, especially, Father, as we see, uh, Lord, a man that was, has been called different times in the Bible, a friend of God. Father, a man that we would probably put on a pedestal in our life, Father. As we look at him, Father, we know we see a man that's so imperfect. Uh, but God, a man, Father, that, 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 that learned what faith was and learned how to follow you. Father, I just ask, God, if, if there are concerns in our hearts, Father, about the path we were on. Uh, Father, I pray, Lord, that Lord, you would confirm us, confirm, Lord, uh, your will to us this morning, God. Whether we need to do a U-turn, take a slight turn, continue on our path, Father. Well, Lord God, maybe get on a new road for the first time. Lord, I don't know where everyone is. But, Father, I pray that you would convict us all, including me as well. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Genesis chapter 12, uh, we'll look at verses 1 through 9. We'll read that in just a bit. Uh, but when we come to the study of the patriarchs, it begins with Abram. Uh, you know, we know his name is Abraham. That's the name that he is eventually given by God. But it begins that this is what he is called, his given name Abram. Uh, we, we know a few things about him just from what the Bible tells us. Uh, and as the weeks go on, we'll learn a lot more interesting detail about him. Uh, but he is the central figure. He should be a central figure in our own story of faith. You cannot be a follower of Christ without Abraham playing a role in it because of, you know, Abraham brought us Christ through his line, through his lineage, and through the fulfillment of the covenant, the promise God made with Abraham. Uh, as I mentioned in my prayer, three times in the, in the Bible, at least three times, he's called God's friend. What awesome thing would it be, number one, to be mentioned in the Bible in a positive light. Some folks are mentioned in the Bible in a negative light. Uh, I, maybe that's where I would be mentioned. But uh, how awesome would it be to be called God's friend? That, what an amazing thing to have that type of relationship with God. Uh, we know that, that um, you know, the, the New Testament authors refer to him several times. Uh, Paul called him, the book of Galatians, the father of all who believe. And so understanding the biblical narrative and who Abraham is is, is important uh, under, in understanding who God is and, and who we are. Um, he is considered the father of the three great monotheistic religions of the world, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, all three of those religions. Some people find it you know, surprising that even you know, Islam claims Abraham as a part of their beginning of their, of their lineage. It's true. There are actually, um, uh, well, what, what their name is, their title escapes from. There's actually people that live uh, in the middle of the desert in the Middle East today uh, that are that are not Jews, they're not Christians, they're not even Muslims. They they actually have a particular faith and it's, it's monotheistic, and they say they the Bedouins. They trace it back to um, to Abraham. I learned that when I was in Israel. A lot of a lot of Bedouins are Muslims, but. Uh, Abraham has had a significant impact uh, in the world, his life and what he did and how it's recounted. Now, you know, we're going to focus primarily on this biblical account, but it is, it is significant. And so I, I hope you're intrigued by it. Uh, but let, let's just first begin in the setting of, of who Abraham was. Uh, according to the biblical timeline, uh, I, I don't get really big into numerology and, and really, you know, diving into what the, you know, about different times and dates. 
uh, early in the Old Testament. I, I should study that. I haven't, but I, I really am confident that Abraham lived approximately 400 years after the story of the flood. Remember, I tried to cover a lot of ground last week uh, talking about uh, the, the flood narrative, and we, and we dove into the Tower of Babel, uh, but he, he lived 400 years after that time. Uh, you know, remember after the, the, the flood, God told Noah and his descendants to go and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. And they did that for a while. Remember the cycle we talked about? God establishing the people in their sin to come back to him and they're faithful for a bit, but they always keep falling off. This pattern continues even after Noah because they go off and they do begin to multiply. And, and, uh, but eventually they, they stop this, this going unto all the earth to multiply and they all stop. And it, the, the story about Babel, that, that's what that story is about, not being uh, you know, you know, obedient to God's command to go out. They gather and build this big city, different ideas what it was about. But, but it's, it's specific that it was a time whenever people were coming together, establishing great empire or great city-states. And it, you know, the Bible tells that God confounded their language and, and it became very chaotic. And Abraham comes out of that chaos because, uh, you know, we have a pretty good idea where Babel was. Uh, and and it's, it's kind of actually in modern-day Iraq in that area. And Ur is there as well. Uh, up until the, the early 20th century, liberal Christian scholars scoffed at a lot of what the Bible says. And they said, you know, a lot of this is made up fairy tale. And they said Ur doesn't even exist. There would be some type of record of Ur uh, if, if this biblical account was true. Uh, until, I think, about the 1830s, archaeologists found Ur of the Chaldeans. And it's a place that's literally been discovered and excavated. And they've even found stone tablets with names, uh, business transactions, and names inscribed on some tablets in Ur. There's a lot of common names that they have found. Uh, uh, n- names uh, such as uh, Abram. Uh, such as Nahor, such as Lot. They've actually found a lot of these names that are recorded in the biblical narrative, you know, according in that region. It's, you know, Abram's name might, might have been like, you know, Bob, you know, or John, a common name in that area. Who knows? Maybe these tablets are real specific to these guys. But I thought that was a really interesting fact. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel very confident in understanding that that Abram was a real fella. And, and you know, we'll, we'll dive into some more really interesting historical fact in this study uh, that is, God is used to help uh, strengthen me and my faith in understanding the Word of God and gives me confidence. But specifically, we're going to look in the text to this call that Abraham received because it is, it is a little peculiar to start the story, the way it jumps off. Uh, and so... And, 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 in, and in reading and studying for this text, I've, I've prayed and asked the question, uh, which I often do, Father, what, what is, what is the, the, the message that you want me to hear as I study your word? What is it specifically you want for me? What does God want for you as the congregation to hear from it? And uh, we see something really particular happen as we begin this narrative in Genesis chapter 12. So follow along with me. We're going to read the first nine verses of chapter 12, and then we're going to come up and just park in a few of the early verses. But it says, the Lord said to Abram, go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you, 
And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be, be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out from the land of, uh, out for the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the side of Shechem at the oak of Moriah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved on to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. He built an altar to the Lord there and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram journeyed by stages to the Negev. Now, we, we, we come across the, the, just the first part of this narrative. I actually skipped over a bit. I'll come back around and hit probably next week about the initial journey from Ur uh, with, with, his, with his father and then how he was there for a bit. Then he finally headed on out. But, but we see something here. It says that the Lord said to Abram. He called to Abram. He spoke to Abram. And, and, and so the question is, you know, what I've always wondered, what did that look like? What did that mean? How did, how did God talk to this guy? You know, what, was it in a burning bush? Uh, what was it, was it uh, in a dream? Uh, was it in a, uh, you know, through a cloud or a blinding light or a still small voice? Different ways the Bible does describe, uh, you know, he speaks. And, and the answer to the question is we don't know how God talked to Abraham or Abram at that time. Uh, all we know is that the Bible records that he spoke and that Abram evidently listened to what he was telling him to do. Now, I just want to ask this question uh, of you just to think about this. And really, how do you really feel about this? Does God still speak? Does God speak to you? Be honest, I've never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. Uh, I've only run into one person that ever said they heard God speak to him in an audible voice. He used to go to church here, actually. He, 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 Bill and Joanne Placker moved. But Bill said he heard God speak one time. And I think that's awesome. I haven't heard God speak in an audible voice. I do believe that I've sensed God speak to me, though. God's leading. Uh, and this morning, that's specifically what I want to look at, about how God speaks to us and how do we respond. So the, the first question is, does God speak? And so let, let's just start by, by examining uh, a few things here uh, whenever God spoke. What did, what did God say to do whenever he spoke to, to Abram? Now, it, it, there's so much detail we'll go into later. We won't go into it all. But first of all, he tells him to leave his land. Uh, then we, he says that he, he's told to leave his relatives. And then he's told to leave his father's household. Because it, it says specifically there, Lord said, Abram, go out from your land your relatives, and from your father's house. You leave all this behind. And, and, and we see to a certain extent he does. He actually carries his, his nephew along with him. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that later on in the story. But, but he does go. Uh, and so a, as he leaves, you know, 
you know, then, you know, of course, we have, we have the rest of this stuff. There's so many other amazing things. He says, you know, leave your house. And, and then he says, then, and, and then go to the land that I will show you. Then he says, I will make you a great nation. Bless you and bless your name. Make it great and a blessing to others. I will bless all those who bless you and curse anyone who curses you. And all the people that will be blessed. It's, it's, it's huge, this huge thing that God tells Abram. It blow my mind to hear God tell me something like that. But I just want to start to see that, that initially God tells him to do something in, in, in particular. And after, after God, um, you know, we, we see the, the initial steps of, of God telling Abram to do something. He steps out. Uh, and then the whole rest of the story is, is in, you know, really in God's unfolding of the blessing and fulfillment of this initial promise is in proportion to, to Abraham's response and obedience and faith. And sometimes we see this cat really struggle in his faith. But this morning, I, I really, you know, we're, we're not going to deal a whole bunch with Abraham this morning. This initial response is kind of where we're going to just, just park here for a bit. Because I, I want to ask you, I asked you the question of, does God speak to you today? I mean, uh, I, I, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say that Abram was sitting somewhere in a pagan land, probably had, had knew, knew about Yahweh, had probably heard about the stories. And I mean, he's a descendant of, uh, of Noah. He's a descendant of, 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 of that family. And, and he's heard the great story and the great traditions. But, you know, as we've archaeologically, we've looked at Ur. It's a very pagan place. So we, we, we know that at the very least, he came out of a very, very dark and pagan world. We don't know if he specifically asked God to, to, to reveal his will to him, um, but we see God speaking to him and his response. And so my question is, for you now, um, God's calling, or do, or do you have a desire sometimes to know what God wants for you? <laughs> I hope every single one of us has that desire to know what God's will is. Um, you know, I'm not going to ask the cheesy question, you know, raise your hand if you want to know what God's will is. You're at church on Sunday morning. Everybody would probably raise their hand. But I, I'm, I really want to know what God wants for me. I want to know what God wants for you. I, I, I think it's important that we understand what God's will is. And so looking a bit at his response here and how this unfolds, but also extrapolating from Scripture some things that that. From my own experience, God has, has shown me in my faith walk, um, I want to talk a bit about how we hear from God and how we interpret his will for our lives and how can we know his will. So the first thing that, that I want to just say this say is that I believe as we, as we look to God's will and how to understand his calling, uh, there, there's two specific wills. If I can put it in that type of category that we, that, that we have, the God, two specific types of God's will for our life. There's a general will that he has for our lives, and there's a specific will that he has for our lives. What is, what is the path God wants us to be on? And, and I really think you have to pursue both in order to understand what God wants for you and for your life. The, the, the first being the, the, the general will. Uh, you know, how, how, how can I know God's will for my life? What is the next step I should take wherever I'm at? Well, Jesus says in Matthew uh, 17 is recorded, uh, verse 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the road broad 
that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life. And few find it. I want to be on this road that, that Jesus wants from me. I want to be on this road that God wants from me. And so I, I'm very specifically wanting to, to figure out what that is. But it begins first and foremost through this step of obedience. Your journey of faith. It, you know, faith stepping out and following God. You know, it's just a step of faith to, you know, to, to, to trust what you've learned, to trust what God has shown you. But, you know, we, we don't have, we do have a roadmap here. I'll get to that in a second. But, but really, how do you get to where God wants you? Well, it, it, it begins with obedience, just like it did for Abraham here. God had to tell him to go. He had to hear God, and then he had to go. I mean, it's not very difficult, but it seems difficult sometimes. At least it has for me. So first, I've got, I've got three things here, just three things we're going to look at. The first thing in, in wanting God's will for our life. How do we know God's will and how do we begin to follow God's will? The first thing you have to do, this is important, is you have to purpose in your heart to follow God. I've heard preachers say that. I've heard it talked about in Bible studies. I've read it before. Uh, but I was like, you know, how do you purpose your heart? What does that mean? You know, how do you massage it and, and convince it? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, he, just, he basically says that he's talking about giving to the church. He says, you are to give what you decide in your heart you are to give and then do it cheerfully. But, but basically, you've just got to decide. I want what God wants for me. I don't want anything else. I want to purely follow him no matter where it takes me and no matter what it means. And I just want to tell you, if you aren't prepared to do whatever God calls you to do, if you're saying, God, I, I want you to speak to me just like you have in the ancient of days. I want you to, to communicate me where you want me to go, what you want me to do. And, and, and if, you, if your faith isn't God is God and he is in control, he's creator, I, I want you to know it's going to be a difficult road. But you have to purpose in your heart. First and foremost, whatever God says, I'm going to do it. Okay? And it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect as you step out in this faith journey. Uh, we see from Abram's story, it's not perfect. It's difficult. But that's the first thing that has to happen. You have to purpose in your heart. I'm going to follow God. I hope every one of you are here. Or there, or there. I'm glad you're all here. But I hope every one of you are there. You've purposed in your heart what, you, what God wants, that you want to follow him. But then the second thing, and, and this isn't rocket science, guys, but it is imperative, is once you've purposed in your heart to follow God, then the next thing is that um, you, you have a desire to pursue God's general will for your life. And, and I want you to know that, that God's general will for your life. It, you know, I, I remember struggling as a young man trying to discern God's will. I, I, I've counseled a lot of different people that have come to me in ministry or even in my job, you know, as a, as a, as a you know, headmaster of a school and con, in construction or even in, uh, when I was at the seminary working in the paint shop. I'd have conversations with peers or friends or relatives and say, you know, what is God? I, I really want to know God's will. And this is, if someone asks you this question, okay, or, you, or you're really discerning, here's the first thing, okay? It's not complicated. God's word gives us clear direction on what his will for our life is. 
It's not hard to find it. It, 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 it's, it's way open. It's prepared for us. It's, it's, it's spelled out in many different ways. But let, let me just kind of whet the appetite on, on the general will of God. What is it that God wants? Um, he, he wants you to pray. Okay, he, God wants you to pray. Okay, He wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to be you know, in, in your mind, in your will, in a consistent basis, speaking to your kids. God, God wants you to be worshiping you. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that my kids do that just kind of like makes me go, oh, man, I can't believe that's my kid, you know. And, and I'm fearful of what's going to happen someday whenever they actually become teenagers because I, I, I know where I was at and what I did, you know. I know that's going to happen to me too. But, man, I love it to see my kids worshiping Jesus, you know. I love to see my, my kids having a Bible open when nobody else is around looking at it and reading it. I love to see my kids pray. Uh, they're, they're starting to learn what, how to pursue God. That doesn't happen by accident. We've, we've led them there. But, but God wants you to worship. He wants you to pray. He wants you to read his word, reading and learning his word regularly. I, that, that's something so simple, but it's so profound. I mean, I think our entire the entire culture would rapidly change overnight if just the people in God's churches began to read, began to read and, and study God's word on a regular basis. I really think it would happen. You know, today is the you know the, the emphasis on you know uh, the you know sanctity of life, and I mean, guys, we live in a nation that's all turned up and divided, and all this turmoil, this impeachment's going on, and all this stuff is going on. And, and guys, we 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 put to death. Millions of babies through abortion. You know, it's just, it's not hard. And and it's not really on the topic of our conversations very often. It's not, I'm going to be honest, it's not on the topic of my conversation very often every day. It's it's no wonder we're so divided. What if we just did these things? But let let, let me not get off track here. Uh, Reading God's word. He wants you to be active and serving as a member of a local Bible-believing church. He wants you to be witnessing to his great work and of the gospel. He wants you to be telling people about Jesus. He, he, he wants husbands to put on, uh, to, to, to put the spiritual and physical needs of their families above their own desires. He wants wives to serve under and alongside their husbands, even if the husband isn't perfect in his own responsibilities. He wants children to honor and obey their parents. He, he, I mean, he just, the list goes on and on. And, and this is all from the Bible. I'm, I'm not pulling out, you know, 65 verses and throwing at you. I, we can do it together in Bible study. But th- th- this is generally, as you just look at God's word, it's there for us. And so to, to really be wrestling with the decision about what am I supposed to do next? I, I'm, I'm, there, there's a dead-end situation in my job. Uh, or there's a crisis in my extended family, and or or I mean, you you just you know you know the stuff I'm talking about, the decisions to make. Uh, I mean, and oftentimes we we cry out and we want to know God, what do you want for us? And we haven't even begun to to listen to all the things you know and step out and obey all the things God's already saying to do. This is what it's like if, if you're trying to find God's will and you're not even pursuing his general will. Um, uh, Pastor Eddie um, uh, is really generous to me and my family. Uh, he, he, him and Jennifer allow us to go on vacation at their 
their, their property they have, their family has down at Rockport. Uh, he lets White and I go out sometimes to his place to go hunting. Man, it, it's huge to be able to do that. Recently, he's allowed us to, to go hog hunting uh, because there's too many hogs. I think you all probably know that. Uh, in fact, the other night, last Saturday night, I took Rachel and all the kids uh, hog hunting. And White was in the back of the pickup with a rifle. And we're driving through this thicket and all, at night and all these hogs run out. And White felt like he was in war. I mean, he just just blasting away. And he got one. Rachel was like, are you sure that's okay? And White's on the top of, you know, with his AR. Boom, 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 boom. You know, and everybody was safe except for the hogs. You know, but, but you know, but j- just take for instance that Eddie says, hey, Ryan, take White and y'all, y'all go hunting. And he's like, okay. Well, if I just like run out the door and just get in the pickup and take off and go get White and we go. But if I don't know, um, you know, where the property is. Uh, I, I didn't bring a gun. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know where the gates are. Uh, I don't know the combination to the gate. Uh, I don't know the way around the place. I don't even have a lot to look around for the hogs. There's no way I'm going to accomplish what I, I'm, I'm trying to set out to do. And that's what it's like to try to understand God's will if we're not even engaging him in his word. The simple, direct things. And, and I just want you to know Whenever I stopped, and I, and I still go back to it, guys. I'm just like you. I still struggle sometimes. Whenever I stop pursuing the general will of God in my life, and I stop purposing my heart for the Lord, and I slowly drift back to what I want, things become very unclear very quickly sometimes. But they come back into focus whenever I get refocused on God's will. And I start engaging him again in these specific things. But, um, so pursuing his specific will. So purpose your heart and then pursue his general will for your life and stepping out in obedience in that direction. Because, you know, I'm trying to pull a correlation here that God says, you know, he first told Abram, I want you to leave the land. I want you to leave your relatives. I want you to leave your father's household. And then I'm going to do all of this. And we see that Abraham doesn't do that right very well. And it takes a long time before the rest of this great plan begins to unfold. Um, But if we want to know the specific will of God for our life, the first thing we have to do is we have to engage God in his general will. And it's been my experience, and I think as you test this in God's word, that as you pursue him in, his, in this general will, uh, that his specific will begins to open up to us. And we begin to be able to discern quite easily what God would have for us. Um, but first, I just want to say this before I go any further in, in the text here. Um, you know, understanding that pursuing God's general will opens up and makes a specific will quite clear. God wants his will for you to be known. He truly does. And to, and, and to pursue it, uh, but you do these things with a motivation for God's glory and your good. Be very careful in wanting to know what, what does God want from me um, for my own glory. God is not your genie in a bottle. Don't try to pursue God that way. It's called a temporal faith. It means you only come to God in an emergency. God doesn't work that way. 
He says clearly here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, the word of God tells us, Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. God is getting you in a place where you where he wants you to pursue him and his glory and his purposes. And through doing that, he will reveal to you what the next steps are. He will reveal to you where he wants you to go, what he wants you to be. And I said, be careful not to pursue God in just a temporary way, just out of your own fleshly desires. It says in Mark 4, 21 to 24, he also said to them, this is Jesus, is a lamp brought in, but uh, under a, I'm sorry, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed? Isn't it to be put on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. If anyone does not, if anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you and more will be added to you. But for whoever has, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even uh, what he has will be taken away from him. God wants you to follow him and pursue him. And as you do that, God will reveal and open up his plans for your life. But if you just come to him just, just on temporary basis, I'm going to tell you, it's difficult. It's hard. It, it's so uh, just, just mind-boggling, frustrating to try to live this life on your own terms. That's what, that's what salvation is about. It's about surrender. Surrender to your way. And, 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 and say, Father, follow. I will follow you now. Lord, you've enabled me to do that through Christ. The last thing I want to say about understanding God's specific will, and I know there's much more to be said about it, so come on back next week and I'll say more about it. Um, but I, I just want to say this, and, and so pursuing God and his general purposes, being obedient to the commands of his word, know, knowing that, that, it, that it, 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 it is something that, that God wants you to have for his purpose and you're living for his glory. Um, but don't do it just on a temporary basis, but pursue him specifically in your walk. You have to know that you can't do that by yourself. We're to do that with one another. You, you can't... You can't do these things that I mentioned, uh, praying, uh, you know, you know the, the, the reading and learning scripture, actively serving, witnessing. You can't do that by yourself. And it even says in the book of Proverbs eleven fourteen. This is a this is a proverb many of you already know, but it says, without guidance, a people will fail. But many counselor, but with many counselors, there is deliverance. But basically, saying as you're trying to pursue and seek, what does God want for my life? He's saying as you're pursuing God's general will for, you know, and pursuing him, your heart, and you're engaged with him now through all that he's made available to you, man, surround yourself with people that, that know me and trust me and are following me, and I'm going to provide all the ways for you. God provides with a multitude of counsel. There's safety in that. We know that Abraham, or Abram, later Abraham, eventually arrived at God's specific will. Despite many bends in the road that caused him great pain, and, and, and to be honest, as we study it, 
He really didn't do it perfect because he, he actually caused generational strife uh, after him. He, he, he wasn't a good father. He wasn't a good grandfather, great-grandfather. He, he messed it up big time. Thank God that God redeems broken people and their broken mistakes. He's in that business. But despite all of his shortfalls, it, it, it's Abram, Abram is a young man of 75, believe it or not. If your faith journey hasn't begun, uh, it's okay. There's hope for you if you're old because it started way late for Abraham. It first began by stepping out in faith. And then as he stepped out in faith, he learned to continue to follow God by walking diligently in obedience. So I just want to ask you the question. Number one, do you believe that God still speaks? Number two, if you do, if God does speak, I'm confident that he is calling us to something this morning. Is God calling you to something this morning? Is he calling you to repentance, to turn from sin? Is he calling you to stop pursuing your own desires and your own agenda? Is he calling you back to repurpose your heart? Is he calling you back? I, I don't know what he's doing or maybe calling for the first time. Are you pursuing him? And it, this is how it begins. Making a decision in your heart. And then following him and following through in faith. Uh, we believe here at this church that we need one another. We believe what God's word says that um, we, we need to make a decision that God has called us to be obedient to, public. And that's why we have professions of faith and people come and say, I'm following Christ now. Or help me to make that decision. Um, people join a church because they say, I'm identifying with God's will for my life to be here and a part of this faith community. I don't know what God is calling you to. But I just want to challenge you, if God is calling, will you answer his call this morning? Father, I am grateful. I'm so grateful, Father, that you uh, have given us a great example, um, Father, of a, of a, of a broken, um, sometimes faithless man whose heart is for you. But it takes a long time to get around to it. Father, and I just want to ask, Lord, if... Um, my friends that are here this morning, Father, if, if uh, Lord, they have never purposed in their heart to follow you, Father, through a personal relationship with you, Lord Jesus, Father, that you would make it clear to them, Father, that you have supplied all they need to know you and to find your will for their own lives. Lord, through entering into a relationship with you, God, by trusting Christ as their Savior. But Father, I can only imagine there's also those here, Father, that Father, sometimes feel like me, God, that they, Father, have lost the direction of your general will, Father, because they're not really pursuing you, Father, and they need help to get on that track. Father, I just ask, God, you would help us to be a church, Father, that it's sensitive to our own people's needs, Father, to lead us, Father, to greater maturity and help us to, Lord, walk down the path of faith. Father, because, Lord, as, as we look at this, this story later on, we understand that Abram, Lord, became a conduit of salvation, Lord, for all the peoples of the earth. Father, we're here today because of his faith and how he began to follow you. Thank you for using Abraham in that way, but God, use us that way as well. Lord, strengthen us and call us back to you. 
as you stand on your feet, if God's called you to respond, if he's speaking to you this morning and you need to respond where you're standing, if you need to respond by coming to the altar and praying, maybe there's a big decision. God's will is something you're really asking for now. Well, let's take these moments to ask him. If you need help and counsel, I'll talk to you. I'll pray with you. I'll try to point you the right direction. But maybe you just need to get with God about it. But seriously, that first call, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, it's where it starts. You'll be blind without it. There's no way of seeing God's plan. So let's pursue it together. We'll play a song. If you want to come and respond and talk and pray or whatever, man, you let this time be about your response to God's will. How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all Father, Lord, perhaps, Lord, they're just asking, Lord, that you would confirm where they're at, Father. I just ask, God, that you would be with them. Uh, Father, I know, Lord, that, Lord, your people come, Lord, to worship you, Lord, and they bring praises. But, Father, I also know they bring prayers and concerns. And, God, I just pray, Lord, that, Lord, as we purpose our hearts to follow you, Father, and make your commitment, Lord, to pursue, Lord, all that you are and all that you want for your glory. But, Father, you would also... Lord, be with our concerns, Father. Lord, use us, Lord, to answer prayers if you can. With spirit move, Father, to accomplish your work in our lives, God, especially for the needy and, Lord, the helpless. Father, help us to be the men and women you've called us to be. We love you and pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We'll play a song and then we'll be dismissed.